This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the High Hopes Podcast. I hope. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. It's been a while since I got to the Yo Jack. This is good. We're back. Oh, We're back. Dude, I'm so happy to. I'm, for we we are just trying to, you know, fill the void of of no baseball for for the the many people out there hopefully that are missing that baseball. And James is the point, right? Uh, hopefully not. I'm just. I really miss it. I really do. Uh, you know, especially when the weather's like it is today. I, obviously, not all of our not all of our listeners are in the Philadelphia area, but it was like 70 degrees and stuff. Like. The, the the weather today is stone Bryce Harper a two homer game. Like if I could, if I could, if I could sniff a two home run game, uh, it, it would smell like today uh, in in the, in the Delaware Valley. So I really miss it. Um, and uh, you know, I just remember I was thinking about the podcast we did where the season or opening day was delayed two weeks, and that was considered meltdown territory. <laughs> and now we're <laughs> two months into it, and uh, it's not. Not the most fun it's thing. It's been in the world. two months without sports, and I know, we are I know. we are like approaching two months since what would have been opening day. It's I'm with you, man. Like I, I look, I love sports. It we work in sports and all that. I don't care about the NBA coming back. I don't care about the NHL coming back. I'm not even thinking about football. All I want is baseball. Like it's all I want. Like I really, I don't care. I'm sorry, I don't. I know. Like, because like those other seasons you saw get started, like you saw the start of the NBA season, NHL, and football is not even on your minds because we think it's going to happen anyway. But baseball, like, there's no more hopeful time than spring training, opening day, and like the feeling of spring. You know, people talk about the fall as their favorite season. Like, it's it's spring, and it's not even close. Like, the spring is just an objectively better season than, than fall. It, it's one of the Come on, man! It, it, well, seeing I that mean, the first, fall you the got, first bloom, you got the stretch run of baseball, the start of football, the leaves are changing. Eh, I wouldn't hate on it. I'm just talking about the 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 See, first. This, I, is, I, this I, is a quintessential. You're a March birthday guy, and I'm a September birthday guy, and this is quintessential when your birthday is. I'm just saying that the first bloom is more exciting than the first changing of the leaves. <laughs> all i know is is i'm excited because i got the is honor the word that i want to use here let's go with yeah i think that i think that's fair honor of getting to vote for jack fritz as the husky of the decade 
What an honor. What I'm so uh, I'm so happy that before we started this podcast, you bestowed upon me the honor of getting to go on to Twitter and write Jack Fritz in for the husky of the decade. So yeah. thanks for there, that, man. There, I mean it was it was a special moment. Let me just say something. <laughs> there is nothing more in the entire world that I want than to be named Husky of the Decade. Uh, I think it would be hilarious that uh, a man who may, I may be the biggest bust in Bloomsburg baseball history. Um, I went there, got a scholarship, and was god-awful. Um, I literally kept the book every, every game my sophomore year. Um, and then my junior year, I was the... So our girls' basketball team, like we were friends with them in, in, in college, and they were looking for... Um, like p- people who could come and practice against them, so I was a girls basketball fill-in guy um, mm. as well, and also I may or may not hold a Bloomsburg rec record for most threes, both made and attempted. So I, I think all of this is just overwhelming evidence that ah, I should well, be I named. I like this. I like this. I should Husky of the decade. Do it um, on your baseball resume. So let's let's dig. I like yeah. it. It's good. It's good. So if you this if you very, go very to at, it's so on brand. Very on brand. If you go to if you go to at BU Huskies and you <laughs> see one of their top tweets looking for nominations, just send in a nice little tweet for your boy. You know, I just I really want to be named Husky of the Decade. Uh, I think it'd be I think it's an honor that I deserve to receive. Even if during my time there we had the second leading rusher in uh, uh, Division Two football history. Um, I, I think that I am more deserving the two years and nine total innings I gave to the Bloomsburg baseball team. For some reason, I feel like even if you get the most votes, you're not winning this thing. They'll say, eh, oh, yeah. we're not taking that. We weren't really actually deciding on social media. I mean, come on. Yeah, but then I can complain about having the most votes <laughs> and not being named Bloomsburg Athlete of the Decade. Right, so uh, it's, it's a win-win either way. Nation, we love you. Uh, you love Jack, we think. Do it for Jack. Make him not skip the decade. Why not? I'm in. I voted for him. I have not. I I have purposefully been taking a hiatus from Twitter because Twitter is a cesspool right now. Oh, dude, you know, you, you barely even tweet. Would before, you stop? Before, I was tweeting more. It's Honestly, it's like Twitter is like every time I go on Twitter, my anxiety spikes. It's just like all I read about is depression and sadness and... I just I'm good without it. I'm I'm good. I'm good. There's enough depression and sadness going around right now. I don't need it to be amped up. Is that fair? I guess so. I mean, I don't know how I can take it seriously coming from someone who never tweets saying I need to take a Twitter hiatus. <laughs> I think it but, all sure. it shows is is how dedicated to you I am that I was willing to go yes. on there and write this Jack Fritz on this freaking tweet. Well, let me just say you something. Should, even should, though there's only you t- should be honored. That that's the real well, takeaway here. Even though there's only two of us, I would say that we're a, we're a very good teammates. You know, I, I, I would say that I you know we are together, and I would say that together we are not only dynamite on the field, but off the field, two good teammates. We are. You know, we are. and and sidewalks in our future potentially. I was just gonna bring that up. And I feel like we. We can't lie to the High Hopes listeners. Now, I had talks in the past about wanting a place for the rooftop. I did not get a rooftop, but I'm moving to Philly, yes. James. I'm so excited. Sign 
Signed, sealed, is this, delivered. Is this officially official? It's officially <laughs> official. Oh, buddy. Yep. Oh, I'm taking my... I'm taking my talents to Grad Hospital. I'm so um, We're going to have... A 10-minute walk from my house. It's amazing. Right. Uh, did I do... All right. So there's two reasons why I was really all in. One, me and James were very, very close to each other, which meant in the future, once everything comes back, we can do live podcasts. If the Phillies are in a... Yes, you know, God, watch Phillies games together. Are you kidding me? Like, let's go. God forbid... God forbid the Phillies could be, you know, in a playoff run. We could be doing podcasts. Uh, we could do live streams. We could. It's just going to enhance the High Hopes podcast uh, feel. Also, second reason. I'll say three reasons. My second reason: sidewalk beers. For as excited as I was for like patio beers, sidewalk beers are almost as exciting. So we'll have to have some High Hopes hangouts in the Grad Hospital area on the sidewalk, where we can, you know, just hang out, bring some chairs. Uh, stay six feet apart yes. and of course have beers and really the thing that put me over the top was i walked in and the place came with cable uh, which is nice it's just that sometimes you have to check when it comes with cable uh like what channels were with it so i had to make sure i had the sports package because i'm not gonna not you know i can't not watch sports it has mlb oh, Network, buddy. Which, and I can, as as I can I, verify that Jack actually texted me and a buddy who's on a, a text chain with us and said, not going to lie, MLB Network was actually a true factor in me choosing this place. I'm, it, as soon as I saw it had MLB Network, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm in. I'm all in. I'm ready to move in. Um, there's so much like there's so much content I've missed out on with MLB Network, like all the 90s All-Star games. Um, it's it's so I up just, your alley. I mean, no, uh, no TV channel has ever been more geared towards one person than than that is to you. Mm, mm, is that it's fair? so wonderful. I think that's fair. So truly wonderful. So like, I just think of the draft, uh, yeah, so, draft time. You might never leave the MLB Network. You might just sit there with well, draft the pro- coverage nonstop. The, pro- the problem is that you know the draft's going to be over by the time that I get in. You know, I mean, we're moving in uh, early July, and the draft uh, is less than a month away. Uh, that's tough, Jack. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Next draft. Next draft, yes. I'll be fully locked in. And we'll talk some more draft later because Jack can't help himself. Um, all right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk some baseball. Um, there's actually a lot going on. Like, since the last time we talked, it feels like there's been, like, 45 different plans that Major Baseball has had to come back. But this one feels the most real to the point where the owners are, you know, have presented the players with a proposal. Um, so many angles to this. Let's just start with the, the owners, players of it all. The fact that there's the potential that these people are arguing over millions and billions of dollars while, you know, 30 plus million Americans are out of work. Um, what is your general take on the situation as it stands now? I just don't think there's anything more classic baseball than not being able to capitalize on there being no sports. so unbelievable. It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's so baseball. It's like, oh, we have a chance to, you know, be the only live sport oh, going on right now. Let's I mean, make everyone in America mad at us. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds smart. Cool. Yeah, and, and you know, the the one thing that's starting to drive me crazy is people act like people aren't going to watch the sport if they don't come back or whatever. And it's like you're going to watch baseball. Uh, like just so I will, you will. I do think to be fair. Like, and again, this is all based upon the idea that if they actually didn't play because of money, let's say that 
everything was worked out, health, safety, this, that, like, all right, they can play, and then the owners and players can't come to a financial agreement. If that is the situation, I do think you lose fans. I do. I think you're wrong about that. Like, I mean, it happened. Like, I was, I remember 94 really well. Like, people left the game. People said, I am out on baseball because of what just happened. And this would be, I don't know, 10,000 times worse, 10 million times worse for it to be in this situation where America needs this so bad and, and it were money that stopped it. I don't think that will happen. But if it does, I think you're wrong about that, Jack. I think people will leave it. Like, we won't. The diehards won't. But they will lose fans for sure. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I think that stuff's overrated. Like, maybe if there was other sports going on, like, if that could happen. I just think that either you're going to watch baseball or you're not going to watch baseball. I, to, to, I, you know, that's just my general, my general feeling on it. But I... It's so unfortunate, but like I was, I was pretty confident they were gonna play. Like I, I, I'm still pretty confident. But just hearing Blake Snell and hearing you know Trout and all this stuff, like these players aren't gonna budge, and I don't think they should budge. I think I'm on the player's side on this. And what I think a lot of people are are missing missing is they don't like they're gonna get screwed in in free agency. Yeah. And they don't want to get screwed twice, basically. So they're, they're, they're just saying, let's take it now, and we'll have to take our lumps in free agency. And all the owners are going to do are saying, listen, we're just going to make it worse in free agency. Like, it's, it's such a lose-lose all around. But I'm with the players for, for standing up because they're, they're going to get destroyed in free agency. Like, with the way that it's been the last couple of years, now – the the owners aren't going to have the revenue from from tickets bought at the door. It's only going to be worse for them. So they have to stand up for themselves. They have to do this. And I'm just I just think that they're going to hold on as long as they they possibly can. And I find it hard to believe that the owners are going to really budge on this. Like they just they just never really budge. So um, I'm starting to get worried about baseball starting up. Ooh, see, I'm not. I think that I think that. Um... When it all, when, Can we, when all said should we, done, should we, should we record, should we record the, they're never going to start baseball podcast? <laughs> we should, like, that's good, that's good golf. We should, we should, um, we, we should say baseball's done, they're not playing this year. powers for good, Jack. I, uh, I think they'll figure it out. I think that there's too much at stake, like I was just talking about from a, the future of baseball perspective from a, um, like, just pure importance of of the situation in a moment i think they'll figure it out and i I agree with you i don't think either side is i i don't know who's gonna budge i think there'll be some sort of tit for tat i think they will figure out some way to say all right well if you're gonna hold firm on this then then give us this or whatever i think they'll figure out something but um i i'm a hundred percent on the player side in this i mean the owners are the owners you assume risk, like you are. You what? Uh, Marks, uh, John Marks on 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 your show today had a really great stat that sixteen straight years, owners have made money in Major League Baseball. They have been profitable for sixteen straight years. Every year better than the last year. I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe you have to have a little lull for a year because the country is in peril. Like, I. 
I will always, 99% of the time, I'm going to side with the, the players over ownership. Like, I'm always on the side of the millionaires and not the billionaires with a B. But I think specifically, especially in this case, for so many reasons, the owners, first of all, agreed to a deal already. Like, I know they put in the whole in good faith thing and all that, but, like, they already said they would pay them their prorated salary, and now they're going back on it. And for the owners to not be willing to open up their books and really show, like, why should the players have to take them at face value? Like, why should they believe that the owners, what they're saying is true? Like, I'll tell you this much. I know they're saying that they're losing 40% of revenue. I watch... A lot of baseball games, Jack. So do you. We watch the package. I'm watching Royals games and Tigers games and White Sox games and all these teams. And guess what? There is no one in those stands. Like, no one in July, August, September. Like, those places are empty. You cannot tell me that you're losing 40% of your money, 40% of your revenue from that. I don't I don't believe it, to be blatantly honest. But regardless, even if it were true, like, the only thing they could do to prove that is to open up their books. And they are not willing to do that. So why should the players be the ones who have to take the hit? Like, why are they the ones that are incumbent upon them to, to be the ones when they are not the billionaires? They're not billionaires. The other guys are the billionaires. Like, it's so... I... I I'm actually, it's one of the things in sports discussions and arguments and talking about sports that is, that always mystifies me. I don't understand why anyone would ever be on the side of the billionaires. I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me, Jack. Yeah, it is funny because, you know, people get so mad at players saying they're spoiled and like they make enough money to play a game that I played when I was a kid. And it's like, well... (laughs) <laughs> their bosses or whatever are billionaires. billionaires. Like why? Um, I actually, I think the best point about all of this that I've heard is like, it's not like the players get any money back for yeah. the t- ticket sold if at the door. It's a particularly great year. Like the Phillies sell out every game like they used to. It's not like they go back to the players and be like, Hey guys, we re- we had a really good year this year. Here's a few extra million. Congrats. That doesn't happen. Like that never happens. Yeah. Here- Here's a bonus, <laughs> like you know. That doesn't happen. Um, right, it doesn't happen at all. So I just uh, I, I hope they figure it out. Um, and for for uh, everyone, I'm I mean, it would it would just be go ahead. It would just be such a lift for everyone, you know. I think that if you told if you told people that leading into July Fourth, baseball's gonna be back, you're the first sport back. Like this is what is so frustrating about the whole thing is that. They have a chance here to kind of get people back to baseball. You know, people talk about, oh, it's this dying sport and whatever. But, like, if it's the only live, like, dude, 55 million people watch players get drafted to teams. Yeah, Not even, you couldn't you couldn't see them. They were just picked and they were deciding where they were going. And, yes, football's king. But you have a chance to be the first live sport back in one of the four major sports. And the, the fact that they're blowing this. Yeah. Is 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 just infuriating. It's so baseball. It hurts. I mean, it's like classic that they that they're just completely botching this. Arizona and Florida are open for pro sports right now. We could be they could be doing this right now. They could be doing spring training, and if they wanted the Arizona plan or the Florida plan, like they could be doing it. But instead, they're they're fighting over millions versus versus. Well, it's really just millions versus millions, millionaires versus billionaires. And honestly, no no one cares. Like, no one cares. I mean, well, I think a lot of people nobody care cares. for the players. I care for the players. I, I want the players to be uh, happy, and I just feel bad that 
if there's going to be no one in the fans this year, they're going to lose that money. They're going to get screwed even harder in free agency. Um, and just, I, I understand. I want them to keep fighting the good fight. I just want the owners to just give in and suck it up and just <laughs> shut up. Just, just do it. And you know, these baseball, like the, the Blake's, the Blake's nobody was bad. Well, like, I don't like idiot, the Blake's dude. Like what an idiot. Just stop talking. Cause just he, stop talking. Yes. Because he's not wrong. Like, the heart of what he's saying is not wrong. It's just he said it as horrendously as a, anyone could. Like, he he basically it felt it seemed like a greedy asshole. Like, that's what it felt like when he did it. And it's, and it's a shame because what he's trying to say isn't wrong. He just did it in a, a horrible, horrible way with, you know, and obviously sounds like an idiot the way he went about it. Like, it was just, it was just bad. But uh, to your point, Jack, like, I just... On top of that, the other thing that we haven't mentioned, I know it's been talked about a lot, but, like, the players are the ones assuming all the risk here. It's not like the owners are going out and, and spending time in clubhouses and traveling and doing all this stuff and putting their lives at risk, their families at risk, and lives is, it's, like, it's, it's I don't want to say it's dramatic because people are losing their lives, but, like, as we know, it is unlikely that players at their age and their level of athleticism and, and health and all that are, are unlikely to die but it doesn't mean that their parents couldn't get sick, that they couldn't get someone else sick, that family member, this or that, whatever. Like, they are putting themselves and their families at risk. There is no other way to argue that. And the owners aren't. Like, they're assuming all the risk here. Like, I, I, it's such a... The Blake Snell video, it made me so upset because I really believe the players have the high ground here. Like, they have it. And that video was none of it. Like, that video was nothing about, like, it wasn't at all portraying the real play. Like, go look at what, like, Sean Doolittle's doing on social media. Like, like that guy is 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 a voice for what is right and what the players are arguing is right and all that stuff. Like, there are players out there who are making real, smart, intelligent, thoughtful points about this. Blake Smell's just not one of them, and it's a shame that that video is, is one of the ones that is, has gone viral. Well, and the the best thing that the players have on their side is Scott Boris. I mean, Scott Boris is a guy that he he like his clients are the <laughs> are the ones making all the money, and no one's gonna go to baseball games if Bryce Harper isn't playing. If like if the Scott Boris clients aren't playing, then no one's gonna care about baseball. So the fact that they have Scott Boris on their side, I think, is massive, and I'm I'm glad Scott Boris is on their side. You know, for all the JD Drew things. It's fine. Scott Boris is officially a member of Boris Adelphia. <laughs> We're on Team Boris. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Always been a Scott Boris guy. He's a little bit like selling yourself to the devil, but I'm in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Always been a Scott Boris guy. Never had one bad thing to say about uh, him. But it is a shame. Like, the Snell video is a shame because I- I'm I'm so wholeheartedly – on the player's side in this, and I, I genuinely believe the owners are in the wrong, and and the owners are doing an amazing job of painting the players as the bad guy. I mean, it's unbelievable how much pro-owner sentiment there is out there, and how many people are, I mean, like, even Mark Teixeira, like, a former player who made $180 million playing baseball has the gall to come out and, and say the players should take pennies on the dollar and all there, like, or just do whatever, like suck it up and go play. Like it's crazy to me how many people are supporting the owners in this when it, it is, it is so clear to me, like who needs to take the hit here and who righteous deserves to take the hit here. It's the owners. 
Listen, I will never take shame. Uh, Teixeira clearly had a great a great take. Um, I didn't agree with his take, but I don't take shame. But I don't understand why don't people... Shame. I don't get why people care so much about the owners. I just don't. They're, they're going to be fine. They're all going to be fine. The, like, And that's another thing that drives me crazy. It's like, dude... Not every player is Bryce Harper making $26 million a the year. The vast like, majority the, are not. That's the point. Right. I understand it's still a million or 500 some thousand, and that's more than a lot of people, but that's not, like, FU money. That's that's not all of that stuff. So I, the whole thing, the whole conversation is frustrating. I hate, you know, it just, it just brings out such crappy <laughs> opinions about players and stuff. So well, again, do you I have just, a point there, Jack, like, that, that – even if a guy's making two million, three million, four million a year, we're talking about guys who own the team who are worth billions of dollars. I mean, the the difference between a million and a billion, I don't think like do people realize how big a difference that is? Like we're talking about like a dollar versus a thousand dollars. I mean, like it's like a a massive difference in in personal wealth and financial. Like like billionaires are are it's a whole different level of rich. Like it's a whole different level of thing. Like uh, it's just crazy to me. And look, they've done a great job of painting themselves as the victim somehow. I just, I can't believe how many people are buying into it. That's really my issue. Well, you know what I can't wait for? What is that? When they use this, when they use this as an example as to why they didn't want to pay GT oh, Real Mudo. Oh, going to happen. I mean, we know this is going to happen. Oh, well, guess what, guys? We, we yeah. lost a lot of money last year. So, you know. I know. I know we gave up Sixto Sanchez and... Uh, all the and Jorge Alfaro, who whatever, but uh, the we had to let JT Romito go to the Mets. You know, we just we just we just had to do it. Honestly, if they if they let JT Romito walk, it will be up there with Reggie White well, and Norman Brayman. Probably a, a bit of an aggressive take, but I, it'll be it'll be a big miss. Uh, what's the biggest? What's the biggest one since since Reggie? Of of letting someone, I mean, like, well, there are different things. Like trading away Cliff Lee is a different thing, but that would ah, that's not what I asked. Yes. Um. All right. I guess I guess To's close, but To is a weird circumstance. And To also kind of forced the hand and all that. Um. Doc, probably. Yeah, but were the Eagles wrong? I still had a couple good years left. So yeah, I think they were slightly wrong. Yeah. I think Doc he wasn't a he he wasn't a player that the the team traded their best one of their best assets well, for yeah, look, Doc, for at that one point season. His career was not as good as JT Romito is at this point in his career. I'm just career. saying I'm just saying that that letting JT Romito walk is up there. It's it's the next biggest thing beside behind Reggie White. It's malpractice. And it's malpractice. However you want to look at it, like it is straight. The fact that he hasn't been signed to a long term deal already is malpractice. I mean, well, they can't. I mean, to their defense, they can't right now. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about this specific moment. I'm talking about the fact that we are in this situation and he wasn't already under contract is on them. Oh well, if they didn't care about the luxury taxes offseason, they could have had this yes. done months ago. Upper. It's exactly. Oh, right. dude, it would be it would like JT Realmuto walking and not coming back and signing with like the Mets or whatever would just be a sign that Philly sports are back. Like everyone talks about, you know, from my childhood of players leaving and and all this stuff like Roland and Schilling and whatnot. This would this would be the first time where it's like, oh, okay, it's it, the Super Bowl. <laughs> Ooh, the Super Bowl was like, nice, but I it's good. It it's good to be I get back. It now. Yes. Yeah. Nick. Ne- 
I I went from I'm not worried about it to definitely worried. All about right, it. well let, like, let, I, let's dive into it because real quick, I think last point on the I think our main point here is I think I speak for Jack and me and High Hopes in general. When we say figure it out. Like that's it. Like all we have to say, and we both are on the player side, but ultimately figure it out. Don't screw this up. Play baseball. Um, all right, on to Romuto. Um, where are you at with this? Because like we're starting to hear like the 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 most recent report that the Phillies never made a formal offer to him, Jack. Like, how do you read well, how do you read this whole situation? Well, if you if you read the article, like that was a part of it. I, I get it, and definitely not a great sign. But like the next sentence was JT saying that things were moving quickly. Like he like he felt like everything was moving in the right direction. That they were about to get a deal done. Um, I know, uh, like, but like Harper didn't get a formal offer from the Phillies until like oh, two weeks before he signed. So I I don't think that's a huge issue. I think that they're obviously just negotiating and 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 getting you know JT in the next sentence saying that things were progressing in the right direction and things were moving fast and he was maybe two weeks away from signing a brand new contract, I think is a good sign. I think that's a good sign. But like if you're if you're JT Real Muto right now and you're gonna about to play what, an eighty two game schedule, like it would just be it would be foolish to sign a contract. Like he would he would have to really, really be sold on Philadelphia, I think, to, to sign a contract right now. Or I mean, not right now. There's but, no way his agent lets him sign a contract. I mean, it would just be. I mean, unless I mean, the unless the Phillies his agent and say I I will not play anywhere else. Figure it out. But like you said, I mean, it's just not happening. Right, which is the 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 weeks leading up to the JT Real Muto decision in free agency. I might not sleep, but. Like it's 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 terrifying. It's terrifying, and it's it's frustrating that it's gotten to this point. But if the Phillies come to him and say, "Hey, we'll give you 130 million, which is a lot," I for don't think there's the, any way he gets that. I, the Phillies, I think have messed this up that they're going to have to pay a lot. Like I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 120, 125 million. Even in this climate, oh, see, I don't like. I think I think it's 100 million. They're, I, they're not going to lose him. They're not going to lose him. They're going to do whatever it takes to keep him. They, first off, he's Harper's best friend. Harper talks about him all the time, best catcher in baseball. The Phillies themselves have said like a thousand times that he's the best catcher in baseball. I just think they'll do everything in their power to make sure he's not going anywhere else, and I think they're, it's going to cost them. I think it's going to cost them like $120 million. Do you want them to do that? Do you want them to overpay to keep JT Romito? I mean, there, let, let's play a little devil's advocate here. And again, I think, you know, you could tell from the tenor of this conversation that we both really like JT and we want him here. And we think that trading 6-0 for him and then letting him walk is, again, malpractice is really the only word that comes to mind. But <laughs> devil's advocate, um, in a situation where it looks like, as you and I talked about before, we're probably heading into an era of, or at least a, a short era or whatever, the next few years of, of depressed contracts. Just honestly, like, I think that, collusion whatever you want to call it like mlb owners are going to give out less money in free agency they just are they're gonna blame it on this whatever they're gonna do but like they're going to like facts so well it doesn't he's still getting 100 million plus but 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 regardless in a situation where teams are giving out less money contracts on the whole are depressed do you want the phillies giving a a at the time they do the contract he'll be a 30 year old catcher a five-year, hundred thirty million dollar deal. Like, is that smart? Well, this is this is the plan when you traded six, though. Right, like, but, but but right, but I mean, but well, what are you gonna like do? The, just let him uh, sunk costs and stuff like that. Like, do you overpay just because you traded six, though, for him? You shouldn't. 
I mean, I again, I want them to sign him. I want, I wanted them to have already signed him. But if it comes to a bidding war where it's, I mean, the fact that you traded Sixto for him doesn't have anything to do with that anymore. It's it's a it's a one versus one thing. It's a it's a all right. What are we signing him to, and what's the contract? Like how many years? Well, like, well, well. What are you spending the money on? In like, what are you, what else are you spending it on? I, look, I'm not. I'm. I'm. Again, I don't know. Like, there are other players, obviously, but I. I there are other players, but you traded like. I agree with. I you. don't think I'm, I'm playing. Devil's I know you agree here. with I'm just me. Saying like, you can't. Like smart teams don't say when a guy comes. Like smart teams would have signed JT Romito already. This would be done. Well, who's, be well, who said? Who said the Phillies are a smart team? I mean, but again, the point is you can't say that just because we traded someone for someone that we have to sign him more because that's like horrendous leverage. That's not smart. Like, I mean, it might not be smart, but I, I, I don't, I, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not that's giving bad, up. Smart, smart, Jack. You know that. I don't care. I don't care if it's not smart. I didn't, I'm not giving up Pedro Martinez 2.0 just for one year of JT Romito. I'm not going to admit my mistake. You know me. I go down with my I takes. Know, I. This is why. This is. This is why. This is this is why I'd be a bad GM. Yeah. I would go down with the take. Yeah. Listen, you. Uh, all right. First, all right. Let's just let's think about this. If they don't if they don't pay him. You're you're pissing off the guy that you just paid three hundred thirty million dollars to. Mm-hmm. I know that that's that's not part of the equation, but it has to be a part of the equation. Like you you just commit you you told Bryce Harper we're gonna do everything we can to win, and then you're not gonna pay JT Romito like an extra ten million dollars. Like I just I think that I think he would be furious with that, and I know he signed a no trade clause, all that stuff, but like. He would he would be furious. Like he you would you would make Bryce Harper mad. You gave up Sixto Sanchez to get him, and like he's gonna get a hundred million. I think he's gonna get a hundred million dollars regardless. Maybe one twenty was a little aggressive, you know, before the before the thing. But he's he's still gonna be paid like like the number one catcher in baseball. So no matter what, he's gonna get a hundred million dollars, and I don't I don't really care. So I honestly I don't I don't care if it's perceived as dumb. I don't think they can let him go. I mean, and I plus, with the, the whole, gets, I mean, what did Yasmani Grandal got? Like that was what seventy something million. Yeah. Yeah, he's old, older, and not, that's not, he's not as he's much. Thirty-one. Anymore. He's thirty. Yeah, he's two years older. Yeah, two years older. But the point is, like, when he signed his contract, a year and a half older, he got seventy-three million dollars a four-year deal. Um, and I think Romuto's better, but Grandal similar in terms of numbers, in terms of defensive metrics, not not at at Romuto's level. Obviously, Romuto's the best, but like. Is Romito $27 million more than Grandal? I don't know. No, but it, but it's Grandal. But who's like who's the third best catcher in baseball? Like, Are they available? And yeah, listen, that's a good point, you, too. But, I mean, they, that, you, we are talking about the two best catchers in baseball, and I'm just trying to look at it as a, you know, kind of a apples versus apples type of thing and try and say, all right, well, what did Grandal get? What, what type of market does Romito have? Especially again to the point where I think we're gonna see a depressed free agent market. Like I really do. I, I think there will be collusion. Like that's what I think. I think. Well, I do. It's I, a I lot. think there's already been collusion. All right, at least to some certain level where it's like, all right, let's slow this down here. We're getting a little crazy with these contracts. Let's rein it in. I think that's already happened. But I think that like you don't think that after this whole thing and especially with this disagreement they're having now and the animosity and all that and the new bargaining agreement coming up in 2021. I don't think there's any chance. I think this this upcoming offseason is literally the worst offseason to be a free agent in in the history of baseball. Like, it's a bad spot, man. I I could see Romito making less than that just based on nothing of his own fault, nothing of his own talent, nothing of his own ability, strictly based on the situation that 
baseball and he is in. Yeah. Well, I would just like the High Hopes listeners and the record to officially show that James Seltzer is committing to Andrew Knapp being his starting catcher forever. It's not even funny to joke about it. I think I think okay. what everyone what everyone took away from the last ten minutes of conversation is that James has come around with Andrew Knapp and he's seen the light. Great on base percentage machine. Uh, and if you give him two hundred regular at bats, he could really you know maybe get that average above two hundred. Uh, do you want me to stop talking to you? Right? I'll hang up on you right now. <laughs> no, you won't. Be with a draft talk for a podcast that's ever happened. Oh, where'd he go? Where, what happened? Oh. oh, no. Your connection was bad. We lost it. We oh, lost no. it. It would, be, so- it would be so it would be so bad if they lost Romeo. Oh, like, right. it would just... It would embar- be embarrassing, for sure. And look, it'd be maybe so it takes him to How about this for hypothetical? Would you be willing to lose Romito if it meant that Clentac got fired? No. Oh, I would. Honestly, <laughs> I'm kind of at the point where... There are not many things I wouldn't do for Clentac to be fired. Like, I'm pretty much willing to give up on a lot of things to to get Clentac fired. That's where I'm at. Are you already? It's a little early for Clentac, Lent. Um, we still have a lot of we have a lot of quarantining to go. Um, but I I respect the dedication. I respect the uh, the commitment to the to the Clentac stuff. He is objectively awful oh, at this, oh, oh. and <laughs> that's good work by you right there. Good job. I think. That was very I think good. Clentac, I think Clentac started. He, 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 the problem with Clentac is that he's done. He has like the base of this being right. Like they have a huge analytics department. They have all this modern stuff. It's just he has no idea what to do with it. So I'm very excited for the next. For listen, if I could rank my excitement levels of future podcasts, one is the search for Clentac's replacement. Two is playoff Nola, and three is like the next big big signing they make. I love this. The, the, I'm in on this. The the search for Clentac's replacement is. I mean, we got Brian Barber here, and yes. already excited about that. Yeah. Um, and Brian Barber, Brian Barber's less than a month away from Showtime. Oh. oh, that's coming up in a minute. So real quick, um, Romeo prediction, and obviously I'm sure we'll talk about this many times because I do. Yeah, I, I don't think this I is think, going I don't anywhere. Think it, I don't think it's happening until the offseason. Like they're gonna have to contend with other teams. But what do you think happens? I, I think they pay. I think they pay whatever it takes. And I know the press market and all that, but I think I just think that they're you're going to be surprised at how much money JT's going to oh, get great. even in the yeah. in the press market. Yeah. I, I really, I, I just I think you're going to be surprised. Contact's in charge of this important decision. So. It might it might be a bad contract, but another thing is that another thing is that the uh, awful DH is probably coming to the nl the so at least he'll... dh good point i forgot about that shout out to baseball for finally doing what's right DH. I'm so sad you'd like i think that might have been like i mean you're pretty good with the melodramatic tweets but the one tweet you have where you're like basically anyone who loves baseball's heart is broken because the dh <laughs> is, is going away for the national league and baseball's ruined it's ruined yes yeah, well, I don't know why you sounded like uh, Stewie from Family Guy. I tried Guy to while get a little that. bit at the end there. The, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rune instead of Ruin. Rune. Yeah, I I just don't get how you do a podcast about baseball, but you hate the sport. And 
I also don't get how I I made this whole impassioned plea on your your show and it didn't it didn't sway you. What do you think I'm just gonna hold this up? Be like, Jack, you're right. This whole time. That's all I want, James. Just welcome. About it a million times. This time it worked. Welcome to wisdom. That's all I want. All right. Um, <laughs> oh man. On that note, what else you got? Oh, are we almost are we almost done the podcast? We're getting there. We're, we're forty minutes in. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, well, See, that's the thing the is thing. whenever I say what else you got or whatever, it's still like another fifteen ish minutes usually. Yes. This, ne- so, this never uh, goes quick. This is never like a oh uh, yeah, James, I got uh, I got nothing else. Let's finish up. That never happens. <laughs> All right, so my 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 first of many ending things I, here. I think I'll sa- I'll save the draft thoughts for the end. Uh, listen, high hops is here. We talked a lot about high hops leading up to the season, but uh, the high hops beer is officially here. And I've had it the last couple weekends, and I'm always reminded of how good it is and how much I miss baseball. So Four Fingers Brewing Company, yeah. I'm wearing the shirt right now. We are filling growlers. Of high hops, starting well not starting tomorrow, but Friday through Friday through Sunday, from three to six. So listen, if you're looking for some good beer and you're looking to to get the official beer of the High Hops podcast, go pick up some high and hops. And you know? whenever the world is back to normal, somewhat back to normal, whatever, we will have a high hops night. Like that will happen. Yes. it's just you know the world inter- interceded. Yes, big problem. My second thought is I've been thinking a lot about the 07 Phillies recently. And I truly love that team. Just a truly delightful, fun team. Even though Adam Eaton almost ruined the celebration saw, when they won the NL East. About it, and it's horrible. He's such, a, he's such a dork. I hate that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really do believe that booing Adam Eaton is the single most proud moment of my great. Philadelphia I, sports I, 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 it, it was pretty great to be there and to boo Adam Eaton in that moment. I can't believe we were both there. I know. It's crazy to think about. Where were, where were you sitting? Uh, I was down the first baseline. I want to say like 20 rows back, like kind of right along first base there, like 15, 20 rows back from first base. They're pretty good seats. Yeah, I was up in the I was up in right field, up in second deck right field. Uh, but booing, booing Jay Adam Eaton was great. And, and like that, oh, like coming back from seven down with seven to play, or with seventeen to play, was truly amazing. It was and truly being, amazing. Like it was, and I hated unbelievable that it happened. I hated that Mets team. Big I hated time. everyone on that Mets team. Um, and then being able to do that, the Utley game when they're the Coast game, Coast walk off. Uh, like there's just Glavin so many give up like six in the first inning in the Marlins or whatever it was. That was great. And that was the first time in my life I'd experienced Phillies playoff baseball. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, a lot of people don't talk about the other games in that series. Um, like, like, I just remember Howard uh, had an absolute tank the first time I saw rally towels in my life. It was like that Friday night, and Howard hit a home run, and I was like, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're actually going to do this. Uh, I love Tadahito Gucci. I loved Tadahito Gucci. That dude straight up raked man tadahito gucci could hit uh i i i i think the 
I think we underrate how fun the 07 run to win the NL East was. You know, it's not really talked about in the, you know, it's not up there with this. Like, people don't talk about, like, the Stairs home run, the Victorino Grand Slam, uh, the the Blanton home run, the Otley fake, the Otley six home runs, the Cliff Lee game, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, Loesch. Uh, Royal Halliday is no hitter. Like people don't talk about it in that in that way, and I think that's wrong. I I love the 07, 07 Phillies team. You know, we replayed it the other night on the station. That was great. Then there's some games on earlier, and I would just like to propose, James, in in honor of this, that we make the next rewatchable. I don't know when it's going to be. It might be next week. It might be the week after. We should do the comeback against the Mets with the Yachtley walk off. Oh. That's right. That's how I feel about that. Cosign and cosign everything you said about the the like that was it was especially and even now looking back like it it's like an extra layer of love that you have for that team because you knew what would happen next. You know, it was like the beginning. It was that the start of a of a great movie that you're settling in for, and the first twenty minutes happen. You're like, oh yeah, buddy, I am all in for this. Like it was it was special and it was you know 14 years since 93 and 93 was a decade before that they were any good too so um it was really like for me in my lifetime like i had the 93 fills that was all i had um but 07 felt like the first time in my life like i got to watch young guys grow and start to be like oh oh there's some specials happening here like i don't i don't know what's gonna happen but like there, this is real. There is something special here with this group of guys. And I think in a lot of reasons, 07 for that reason is is almost as special as any of it because it was really the beginning of that, wow, something special is brewing and, and it's really exciting to see it. And and the seven with 17 to play was just like miraculous. It was it was it was amazing. Yeah, and that was the first time that I you know, the, the, the town really got into the Phillies. Uh, I remember I was driving around one of the Saturday or Sunday afternoons. I don't know which game it was, but, like, Worth stole second, and then Worth stole third. And I just remember looking around at the cars around us as I was listening on the radio, and everyone was giving out fist pumps, like, in their cars. Awesome. And and just the first time really being able to experience that, I uh, I really love the 07 Phillies. So I think we should do a little uh, 07 I Phillies rewatch 100% in on that. Hundred percent. Awesome. Cool. Are you ready? I, I it's all I wanted this whole we're forty six minutes in and it's the only thing I've wanted this whole podcast, so please. Yes. So the Emily draft is less than a month away. <laughs> Which Jack is not stopped talking. Like every day he'll come into the studio and be like, I know who if the person who if they take at fifteen, I'm I'm just gonna be apoplectic. I'm gonna be so upset. Or I know who they have to take around. Like it's like every day there's some sort of draft thought or take coming my way. Yeah, I just hate that like my guy Max Myers going top ten now. Um Zach Veen is flown up draft boards. Like Zach Veen, Zach Veen legitimately is the next Christian Yelich and he was gonna be there at fifteen and then everyone caught on to the Jack Fritz eye and realized he's a top five talent. <laughs> Like, I'm already, uh, like, uh, Jim Callis wrote today that they want one of the college position players to get to 15, and so I looked at it, and really the only ones available will be Garrett Mitchell, Patrick Bailey, and uh, uh, Keston, or Heston Kerstad. And Jack way out on Heston. Yeah, see, here's the problem. I watch Heston hit, and I'm like, oh, that's Darren Erstad. That's That's a guy who can 
be in the big leagues for a long time, play left field, and and give you like twenty five to thirty home runs and bat two eighty. You're gonna say he's a but, hell of a punter. I didn't know which way you're going with that. But it's such a bad name. I just can't. I it's the Jack Fritz name test is maybe skewing my eye, but uh, it's he's gonna rake. It's just I don't. It's a bad name. But anyway, he now has like top ten stuff. The other guy, Patrick Bailey, who has been rumored to maybe get there to fifteen. Like he's a catcher as a, he's a twenty two year old catcher. If they take a twenty two year old catcher at fifteen, same thing last year with Shea Langoliers. Like if they if they do this with the JT stuff, like uh oh, I'm gonna Uh-oh. have a meltdown. I'm gonna have a meltdown. And the last guy who uh, the last guy is Garrett Mitchell, who sh- like I can't believe he is is falling. He he has type one diabetes, which teams are afraid of. Um, so like he for the longest time I haven't even done any research because he's going to be a top you know eight pick. He is supposedly starting to fall. If he's on the board at fifteen and the guy. Phillies, Pat, I don't even need to yeah. hear anymore. I want that guy. Let me just say, let me let me say one thing. He's got Chase Utley hands, and I don't put the Chase Utley hands. I don't say that lightly. The guy's hands are lightning quick. Um, I think he's gonna just. I think he's gonna hit. He's and he's he's unbelievably fast. He's a, he's a true five tool guy. The power's not totally there yet. It's developing, but like if if Garrett Mitchell's on the board at fifteen and they pass, it just you find a new podcast partner. Um, <laughs> now what I would do and what I don't think the Phillies are gonna do, but what I would do, like I love the high school talent in this class. There, there's a kid, uh, Nick Bitsko, who went to Central Bucks East, who Jack Fritz CB threw eight East innings. Guy? Yeah. That's my old hood. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, Jack Fritz threw uh, eight innings of one-run baseball against them his ju- his junior year in high school. Completely dominated them. But he is uh, he's a pitcher. He's a high school guy up to 97, and he's a prototypical, prototypical ace. Just looks like an ace. There's also, but there's, there's so much interesting uh, like prep talent, and I think the prep talent, and people are going to be afraid of them because it's only five rounds, and they don't want to, you know, kind of... You don't Take want to waste a pick talent. on somebody who might not. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. Especially if there's going to be no minor league baseball yeah. this year. Yeah, like, it uh, makes sense. I get it. So I think there's going to be a really good prep player on the board at 15. I would go the prep route. I understand they might not. Um, I, I feel like they're just going to take a pitcher. It's going to be like Cade Cavalli from Oklahoma who throws 97, but for some reason can't get anyone out. Like They're going to take one of these guys that has legit, legit stuff, but they're you know not like... They're not the top ten pitchers. They're like the fifteen. They're 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 fine. They're not unbelievable. I don't really like any of them at fifteen. I would go prep route and pray that Garrett Mitchell's there. But there's been a lot of time for for draft talk. I I'm so excited. I'm the, I feel like I'm the only person that's excited. Every time I tweet about the MLB draft, I get like two likes. <laughs> but but I don't care, man. I I just love it, and uh, I hope I can get the high hopes listeners to start getting into some MLB draft stuff. Also, I think it's ridiculous that you can't trade draft picks. Like it'd be oh, so I've much fun. I've long said that. I, it may it makes zero sense to me. Zero. Well, I guess because there's forty rounds, it makes sense, and no, I think that zero that the sense. Comp, yeah, if you want to get some excitement in the MLB draft, let teams trade. Big time. Like you could they trade have to figure that out. Bonus money, like I just don't. It makes no sense to me. Like you should be able to trade draft picks. It's yeah. it's like one oh, of well. those rules that has just been around for so long that, like, it just should be changed. And I don't know why it isn't. Yeah. 
But uh, I do think the Phillies will have a chance to get a really, really good player at 15. And um, they I hope... probably won't. Well, they've they done decently well the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Decently well. Mm-hmm. All right. All right? I mean, I like Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott. Would you take... Uh, would you take... Uh, five year or from ages twenty five to thirty one. Would you take the stash line of two seventy for a shortstop? Are we talking Shortstop two seventy three forty three, uh, seven seventy seven OPS and thirteen homers a year. Would you take that stat line with like really really good defense? Good defense, above average defense. This is ages twenty five to thirty one. Yeah, I'd probably take that. Yeah, that was. I, I, I figured out that I think his offensive profile is is Victorino-ish with a little bit more pop. Like Victorino, that was Victorino's numbers from 25 to 31. I think that he could have more power than Victorino. But I feel like the averages are about where I anticipate him being. Okay. I mean, obviously so. you want more, but that that's respectable. I mean, you can you could play with a shortstop. You need the defense if you're going to have his, yeah. you know. But, okay. okay. Solid player. Yeah. With some upside. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, first of all, if if you're at all interested in the draft, let Jack know. Because clearly he's, you know, feels like he's out on an island here. Let, let the man know. <laughs> um, also, again, going back to the beginning of the pod, the most important thing to take away from this podcast is go vote for Jack. Husky of the decade. Think about it. Yeah. We could have the Husky of the decade as one of the hosts I hopes. I mean, yep. come on. Doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> and if you... If you know Nick Bitsko, um, just see if he wants to come on the podcast. Yeah, you know, he's probably these t- guys. I mean, if you know Garrett Mitchell, well, right? You know, come on. Well, you know, it's bad. It's like uh, a guy that went to Ruston's probably going to go top twenty, um, but he's a he's a pitcher at Ruston, where I went to high school, obviously, uh, and he's probably he's pro- he's probably going top twenty. So like I don't really you, like that was you like you could have been that guy like that. That's weird. that's how you work, right? Yeah, no, could have been me. Uh, and sure, he might be going top twenty in Major League Baseball draft, but he did not go two and zero in the high school playoffs, which I did. So, by the way, do you see? I I told you what I tell you. Fifteen <laughs> minutes after I say, "Are we going to wrap up?" I know how this works. I'm on it. Yeah. Well, I think it's just hard we, to say who's done, the better. Done, we've done a few of these before. It's hard to say who's the better pitcher from Ruston, me or or the guy who's going to go Mitten. top twenty in the draft. Hard to say, Jack. <laughs> Hard to say. Chris hard, hard to say. <laughs> let's get Jack the Husky of the decade, okay? Let's, yes. let's focus on the realistic here. Let's make this happen. If I can't, if I can't go top twenty in the MLB draft, at least I can be named Husky of the decade. <laughs> oh man, you got anything else? No. This was fun. I I missed High Hopes. <laughs> we'll be back next week. We'll we'll do better. Um, it's, it's tough. There's no baseball to talk about, but we'll be back. We'll definitely do the rewatch. Um, watch the game. Um, Phillies-Mets, the comeback game. Uh, we are going to do that game pro- either next week or the week after, depending on how schedules shake out. But watch the game. Uh, we'll tweet out a link for the game and all that. But um, that's going to be fun. The last rewatch was awesome. And this time we will not uh, lose the pod and have to re-record it, I think. Is that fair? We try. We'll try. <laughs> All right. Uh, seriously, we love you, everybody. You're the best, and we miss you. And we'll talk to you soon. He's Fred some seltzer. We'll see you later.